This is episode 50 as well. Is it? What do they call that? Pineapple? Golden. Golden. Our golden anniversary. Our golden showers anniversary. <laughs> straight in. <laughs> she went straight there. On. Happy 50th. Hi. Happy 50th. This <laughs> is filth, right. We've done 50 episodes of Bang On. Mm, that blows yeah. my mind. You called it something else at the start, though. <laughs> what a way to... Welcome, everybody, if you're just joining this podcast. <laughs> I feel like if, when you call a podcast Bang On, then you're just asking for a little double entendre, and yeah. we haven't disappointed. No. Just for anybody who doesn't know, I think we may have told this story possibly in the very early days of Bang On, and happy 50th. Oh, happy 50th. It's also pretty much a year since we launched Bang On. I did not know that until you wild. put something up on Twitter the other day, and Thank I was like, you, oh, Thank you, Facebook Memories. Facebook Memories is the only way that I understand time mine passing. Didn't, mine didn't come up on Facebook <laughs> Memories, so. You never post anything on Facebook. No, that's true. I don't. Um, but it, yeah, it made me think. Wow! But I post on my I post on my official page all the time. But privately, nothing. But privately, I just <laughs> privately there are no wins you celebrate. <laughs> nah, <laughs> just don't put up anything. You're way more IRL than I am, though. I I don't know. I just it's just Facebook. I'm happy to put things on other things. I just I I've really got a problem with Facebook. Well, it did remind me that we celebrated a year, which made me think. Wow, it feels like we've been around for. I don't know. It feels like it's bang on's been something that's lived in my life for a lot longer, mm. and it reminded me of if we're talking about the rudeness of this podcast. Sometimes mm. that we initially wanted to call our podcast "Bang On Bitches." That's right. But we bang thought that bitches. was a bit too <laughs> spicy for the ABC. The wouldn't get bang on looking. bitches. Bang on bitches. But hey. that's what we've been doing for a year. So happy anniversary! Yeah, happy anniversary. What are we going to do? What do you do for golden anniversary? Talk shit. Gold bullion. <laughs> I'll bring a gold bullion in next week for us. Jeez, what kind of extra work have you been getting? Gold bullion. Exactly. Exactly. You, no, you remember those necklaces in the when you yes. it was like the eighties, I think, and you you buy you'd have to you had a boyfriend, and I would have been like you know thirteen or something. You had to buy them a present for Christmas yeah. or their birthday, and one of them not a, like the choice was pretty much two or three things. One was. A pen from the local news agency that had a bit of silver on it that looked snazzy. <laughs> I think I might have gifted that to one of my boyfriends. But the other one was like a necklace from the local jewelry shop on those eighties. You know, those eighties chains that are all that don't look like chains, but they look really slick. I can't. Oh yeah, they're like snake sort of chains. Snake chains, and on that you could get like an imitation gold bullion. So ugly. Yeah. Or you could get those uh, the star signs. One you could get yeah. star sign. Or the other one was um. Something that that match like two hearts, the best friend, two pieces the of best heart, friend best friend, yeah. yeah, or the lover hearts, yeah, and then you break the heart you in break half, the heart and you give it to your your hot boyfriend of the time. It always made me feel really sad that my friends had the broken heart and I didn't, like that they had a half of a heart. Mm. Just, it's like Valentine's Day; it just makes people who don't have a Valentine feel like yeah, shit. Exactly, Mother's Day, Father's Day, all that stuff. I'm I'm over it. I'm over this commodification of like you know things we must celebrate. That said, I would like you to present me with some gold bullion next week. I will present <laughs> you with an no, no stuffy. I'm getting you a pen, a Parker pen from the newsagents that has a slither of silver on it that looks posh. Speaking of the past, <laughs> I've been thinking about the past a lot this week because I'm going to a 1970s themed dinner party this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I have been trying to figure out, like I got a message through the week from my friend Paul who's celebrating a significant birthday, having a 70s dinner party on Saturday night. And he said, everyone's got to bring a plate. It's got to be 70s party food. So I Googled 70s party food and whoa, that is um, confronting, confronting imagery for 1970s food. It just made me 
feel sick. So, it's so <laughs> overwhelming. Like, and it just got. I, I, I'm confused as to what was happening in that decade because everything was really garish in colour. Mm. There was a lot of gelatin involved. Mm, aspic. Anything in aspic. <laughs> you just pop it in there, you jelly it up and you pop it on the table and watch it wobble. And just weird combinations of things like bananas with ham mm. and obviously prawn cocktails were huge and they're still a thing. Uh, anything with cabana, which I celebrate, apricot chicken against the sweet, the sweet and the sort of savoury pigs in blankets, tinned asparagus rolled in white bread. I love that. I'll I actually make, love that. I'm going to make that on with Saturday mayonnaise. Night. It's got to have mayonnaise and you have to put a toothpick in it. Where does the mayonnaise go? Oh, that goes on the inside? On the bread. It's delicious. Oh, that's good to know. It has to got- be tinned asparagus though, none of this fresh business. Yeah, it's got to be the absolute stuff that dissolves in mm. your mouth. But mm. why? I don't understand 70s cuisine. It was a time of optimism, Zan. <laughs> like you think about it, you'd come through the 50s, which was the conservative, everyone needs to have a cream brick veneer house and mm. a white picket fence. You'd come through that time and then you had the 60s hippie revolution where everybody all of a sudden just realised that they'd been living within the constraints of society and they could be individual and they could be something other than what they'd been told they should be. And so the 70s was the manifestation finally culturally, both within art, within interior design, within music and and culture, where this finally came to the fore. So it was like we can have colour. So you think about like, oh, that beautiful design, Marimekko, the design that's all those big flowers, you know, and burnt oranges and huge colour splashes. But then, you you know, musically it was was big and loud and brash. You know, you've got prog rock and you've got got rock and roll and you've got then disco. It's all very like, it's all like, yeah, look at me. Me. And then with food, they they really had to catch up a little bit. So <laughs> is that what you call it, catching up? Catching up, but it was also about entertaining in the home. Oh, that's my mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> my mechanic's calling. Hang on a sec. Hello. <laughs> G'day, Dominic. How are you going? Oh, it's ready. Excellent. Probably won't get there till about five thirty. Is that too late for you? Thank you so much, Dominic. I'll see you about five thirty. Bye. But yeah, I've got to pick up my car. Thanks for letting me take that call mid-podcast. I understand. Where was I at? I was getting to the point of food. The being hope. Oh, that's when the, op- so the optimism. Opt- and, and it manifested in yeah. food. But also in lifestyle. Like think about the 70s. That was the beginning of things like home entertaining. It mm. started in the 60s, but home entertaining. The indoor bar. Remember, everyone in their new builds had a built-in bar. So people in weren't the doing dinner room. parties in the fifties and forties. Well, they were, but it was a very different thing. It was just about you know coming into my home that I have designed or I have picked off a plan myself. It's not you know, it's a real change in culture, and also uh, parties slash sex parties. You had to have something. <laughs> Key parties, I think, was the, the big thing in the 70s. Uh, you know, you had to have something to serve alongside the keys in a bowl. So none of that would want me, like, make me want to have sex. To quote Twitter, I posted a picture of something called Perfection Salad, which was pretty much bits of cut-up stuff just encased in a giant jelly mould. Mm. And Yasmin on Twitter said, it looks like you've just added gelatin to vomit. Mm. Yes. And that's what it looked like. Yeah, but that was the 70s. But I, blood, I, knew, palette, I knew that I would... The colour palette was like a carrot spew. <laughs> I knew that you would know you would have the answer to this and you'd have a, a cultural appreciation of why 70s food exists. But it must have tasted so bad. Have you ever eaten any of these recipes? No. God, they look no. horrible. No. <laughs> no, they're terrible. But that's the thing. I, that's, I love the experimentation of it and the optimism and the fact that people were flouncing around their lounge rooms thinking how, you know, how cultured they were and how developed. And, and now we look back at it and laugh. But at the time, it was the height of, you know, sophistication. It's amazing. And, and I love it. I, I, I just 
the joy in it and people are pretty scared about doing that sort of stuff now you don't yeah. you don't throw ugly things on a table and and there everyone's got to get it right everyone's houses are white everyone's interior designs the same rich the, people love beige that's yeah. their favorite color yeah and like i think with food it's a little bit the same we're all a bit scared in the 70s no one was scared <laughs> they're just like, oh here we here i am here I am. I'm going to relive it And this hello, neighbour. Popping my, <laughs> <laughs> my key in a bowl. I knew you'd have the answer for that. Yeah. The honey badger has been referred to by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most fearless animal in all of the animal kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. If it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what's that in its mouth? Oh, it's got a cobra? Oh, it runs backwards? Now watch this. Look, a snake's up in the tree. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. <laughs> Honey badger don't care. Why why are we playing the honey badger? My favourite bit on YouTube ever. It's the best YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the best all time. And any reason to play that, and if you haven't, if if this makes no sense to you, uh, welcome uh, out from the hole that you've been living in for the last Mm, 10 years. Welcome to the internet 2004. (laughs) But the reason that we're playing that is because the honey badger, the other honey badger, Nick Cummins, who is a rugby player, has been announced as the next Bachelor. Can you hear the silence in the room? I like this. Are you not for this? Who is he? How do you not know who the honey badger is? How do I not know? How do you know? (laughs) Because I work at Triple J. What does he do? (laughs) He's a rugby player that has these amazing one-liners. A, cross against his name already. (laughs) Rugby. I live in Victoria. I'm not a rugby fan either, but this is a guy who I actually love watching. He just has this turn of phrase, and he is totally that blokey, ocker, catchphrase he's almost like the elf Stewart of the common day but in a much better way and he I reckon has Um, been asked to do this because of the huge success of Sophie Monk the total sort of blokey bogan female version uh, of Nick Cummins or of many other people that we know Uh, that was such a huge success they got their biggest ratings in years so they're flipping it they're getting rid of these male model types and bringing in a bit of Nick Cummins honey badger I don't know who he is You'll find out, though, because you're going to watch The Bachelor, You know I'm going to watch it. And I'm, <laughs> look, I'm totally open to it. He sounds like a nice fella. Um, but I just seriously have missed the boat on this completely. And I imagine there's a huge population in Victoria who've also missed the boat. Yeah, actually, that's a, that's a good I, point. And maybe other states. That's a good point. This is where I'm a little bit uncertain. He's a wallaby, or he was a wallaby. And here's some things Why you... is he called the honey badger? Because he don't care in his play? Yeah. It's... Or because it's got to do with wallabies? It's No, because honey, honey badger came about because he just gets in there and he's fearless and he gets gets shit done. So I mean, it is from that YouTube It's pretty clip. much, yeah, and it's from, you know, what the honey badger is. Like that mm. YouTube uh, video is based on fact. The honey badger is a fearless okay. animal. Just really can just eat anything, get stung by lots of scorpions and stuff and nothing, <laughs> nothing brings it down. And that's what Nick Cummins is and will be in The Bachelor. Okay. Do you reckon WA people will know? I'm I think scared so. about this. I'm scared I mean, for the honey badger. The thing he has in his favour is that he is, is – these quotations went viral when people were first getting excited about him. Obviously not into your computer, but that's fine. No, I saw it, but I just still don't know who he is. But the, the thing I'll wait that, for Zan to tell the me. Thing that I, the thing that I – and our bang boy was also very down on Nick Cummins. I am for it because, yes, he's totally blokey – Ocker Australian, you know, maybe not like the rest of the Bachelor and Bachelorette series representative of what Australia actually is like in 2018, but he actually is a really good guy. He was raised by a single dad who has eight kids. In his family, he has uh, two siblings who have got cystic fibrosis. And a few years ago, his dad, who raised them all, raised the whole family um, solo, got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Nick Cummins, you're feeling bad now, aren't you? (laughs) Nick Cummins, sorry, you didn't know. 
he uh, left the Wallabies because he needed to make some serious coin to try and prolong his father's life for as long as possible. Mm. So he went and played in Japan so because he could take a contract in order to earn some more money. You know this much about Honey Badger. I, I, <laughs> I like him and I felt like I had to defend him because it's two against one with you and Bang Boy against Nick Cummins. And I think that I'm not against him. I just don't know, you don't who, know who he is. is. This is who he is. I like him. But he's got good, like, he actually has released books of quotations. Yeah. He says amazing things. Big in New South Wales, no doubt, nowhere else. Yeah. I'm not a fan of rugby either, but I do like him. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for him. I've got the backstory. <laughs> I just need... He doesn't care because Honey Badger don't give a shit. He doesn't care what I think. Well, I will watch it anyway. I don't mind where... Just Google I, his quotes. I don't mind where he comes from or who he is. I will watch it regardless because it's The Bachelor. Also, bloody Carl Sanderlands. Oh, really? Oh, just like talking about how he's got a big schlong or something. Like oh, that. really? Just gross. Oh, good to know, though. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> Before too long, Very tenuous link there. <laughs> Before too long, because today I want to bring to the table the return of the long read, Zan. And not, not you know, a couple of paras. Or a BuzzFeed listy, 10 things of whatevs. Long reads, really long reads. They require like half an hour at your desk to sit down and read a back. We had Cat Person mm. a couple of months ago. That's right. The story about the new relationship between two people that Amazing. went completely nuts online and had everybody talking about it. We discussed it here on the podcast, mm. which was fabulous. Um, my verdict on that was not enough cats. <laughs> In the story, pretty much sums it up, I think. Go back and listen to that episode. If you are a new visitor, bang on. Yeah. Just go back, subscribe and relive the Not Enough Cats moment. <laughs> it was powerful. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> but this one has also gone viral and I feel like I need to sort of point everybody to it to give it a read if you've got some time because I was reading it at my desk and I audibly <gasps> inhaled mm. as I was reading it. It's horrific. Mm. It's in, I won't tell you what it is just yet, but it's in the spirit of, um, to me, it felt like if you've listened to that Dirty John podcast, yeah. where it's it's about this sort of to- toxic man who's really calculating and who just works through in a really calculating way, ways to dismantle your life mm. or one person's life and completely ruin it. Um, you know, the art of deceit. Almost for entertainment. Yeah, for entertainment or just can't help themselves. The art of deceit, the gaslighting, all of that. This one is a New Yorker piece and it's called Worst Roommate Ever. And it's got a picture of a pillow with a knife in it, which, you know, I just went, oh, okay, that's... Clickbait. Yeah, total clickbait. But I saw everyone on Twitter going, oh, God, you got to read this. Got to read it. Read it. And, yeah, I don't know if I feel any better for it. I feel actually traumatised and I want to put myself in a doona and never interact with another human being ever again after Much watching Much like he this. did to one of his cats in this story as oh, well, put in a doona. The thing that I think is the same as Cat Person, the other long-form read that we talked about, is that these long-form reads succeed because they're so relatable. Mm. And as you read that in the same way, you can think of all the times. For this one, it's about a housemate who just yeah. comes in, seems like the perfect housemate, and then things start going wrong and then they start going really wrong. And, and he's doing it almost for sport, for the love of driving people crazy, for getting into arguments, for threatening them, for making them feel like they can't be in their own home. Mm. It's really dark, but I think that the way that, you know, again, is it like anything in the internet, anything that causes us to 
turn inward to think about our own lives because I think that increasingly the content that works, the stories that work online are inherently stuff that we can relate to our own existence, you well, know. It's it's all about the self. It is. And this is totally something that you can relate to, the horror housemate. The horror housemate. But I also think how it's connecting is so many more people, given how expensive living is, so many more people at an older age have to share. Yeah. And these people in this story are not young. No. Like they're not 22-year-olds having a bad time. This guy was in his 40s, I He think. was 60 but looked 40. Okay, yeah, 60 but looked 40 and, you know, she was well-established and he'd made a lifetime out of doing this and it was – I can't remember which city it was in but I imagine, you know, just a, a whole bunch of professionals who need a housemate, that's quite normal now in most capital cities. Share houses if, are not the domain if, of the 20-somethings. Yeah, if you are not coupled up, how else can you afford to live in these places? Mm. And you have to share. So I think that's where the cut through has happened as well because there is a whole new generation of us that have to keep sharing now because that's the way life is and the horror continues. Like it was always for a while horrible housemates. That happens when you're at uni or, you know, in your 20s and then it's over. You meet someone and then you stay in a house and you know, that is your own safe domain. It's not life anymore for anyone really you unless think, you're lucky. Do you think as well, like I'm just thinking about not only the relatability but the re- the thing that keeps you reading to the end because this will take you half an hour, you know, mm. to read uh, and it's well worth reading all the way to the end. But what keeps pushing you through is the same reason that people will keep listening to, you know, 10, 12 hours of true crime podcasts and maybe that's playing into this as well, that sort of that want and that acceptance and celebration of a longer form story being told through digital media, whether yeah. it's podcast or whether it's online, you're, you're just hanging on what's next, what's next. Yeah. Like the, throughout that whole it. piece, in terms of the composition of it, there's just hook after hook. Yeah. It sort of starts with this one story and then it goes into his history of how he's treated all these other housemates mates, and then it rounds back and then the family comes in. It's almost like it is episodic in the storytelling. So We still I don't crave know. it as human beings. We totally do. And doesn't that make you feel happy? I'm happy about it. I'm wrapped about that. It reminded me though of some terrible housemates that I'd had. Have you had a few? I've had housemates. I've never had any true psychos, but I've definitely had housemates who have, you know, I'm very direct, <laughs> surprise, surprise, when I have chats with my housemates and I, because I want it to be an open discussion if there's any problems just just talk directly I hate passive aggressiveness mm. and I always I'm you here know, for pass ag occasionally <laughs> I, I can't deal with the world someday sometimes the pass ag is my go-to occasionally when it comes to personal stuff I'll just, oh, just I'll make sure I'll that just, I avoid your stew for a while and resting bitch face out. at all costs <laughs> but it's I always, I always sort of say okay here's how I, I here's how I live and how mm. do you live and you know it's often the things that people say you know oh yeah, this is how I live and then they move in and then it's mm. absolutely they're absolutely lying. So it's yeah. it's just stuff like that, but yeah. it's just normal. Nothing nothing like putting, you know, loads and loads of shit covered kitty litter down the mm. human toilet or in, or much worse like in this article. Yeah. Have you had any horror stories? Oh, look, not too bad, but I've lived in a lot of houses, so I think I get I think your standards drop fairly significantly <laughs> once you've done that. Um I remember in the early days I had a housemate who now I think about it is this is deeply entertaining had a had a dog that uh, used to, she just used to leave like dog poo on the floor so you'd have to clean it up it was only a small dog and I, I feel like she was pretending not to see it but you couldn't not you could smell it too so yeah clean up dog poo but she also feigned a terminal illness she said she was adopted right and we found out later that there was no terminal illness and there was also no adoption her parents 
left them with friends of the family when they went on a boat, Fair Star the Fun Ship. <laughs> that was it. Fair Star the Fun Ship. Abandoned. Said, There's a- so adopted. much fun on the one ship. I can see why she was upset. Oh, orphaned, not adopted, orphaned. Oh, my orphaned. God. Yeah, no, that was it. Orphaned by P&O cruises. It was just nuts. Or, you know, put into care. Or It, it was just nuts world and living chronic with someone. Chronic liar. Chronic liar, but I, I don't – where do they get the energy? Because this guy in this story, <laughs> who's got the time? <laughs> who's got the time to spend nutting out how to mess with people? Sociopaths. Yeah, true. Who don't have jobs. Yeah, true. Not us, though. We're great. <laughs> we just <laughs> – I'm just passag. <laughs> Good to know, though. Thanks for being direct about your passive aggressiveness. That's fine. I don't even know if I am, but I probably am. No, you have never been passag to me. Mm. It's coming. There's nothing like you and I, baby. <laughs> this is no ordinary love. No ordinary love. Slipping something more comfortable, me. Mm. Speaking of housemates, back in the 90s, this was the soundtrack to everybody's when they'd shut the door. You know when you shut the door and you'd have to put a soundtrack on because you had rooms very close to one another. Did you have sex with Sade? Sade got a workout in many share houses where I, where I was hanging. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I used Sade, but, you know. You just heard your neighbour's headboard banging against the wall. Sade yeah. went on and then three minutes later, it's like... Mm, mm. And then you'd need to put the prodigy on, wouldn't you, at the end of it? This is what happens when we celebrate our 50th birthday. Shit just gets loose, doesn't it? Anyway. Um, but to answer your question, what am I banging on about this week? Oh, far out. I forgot. See, we're back to normal. The reason that we're... Just, it's, not, it's not because I'm rude. I just totally forget where I'm at. That's all right. But I'm so into it by the end and it's just all its all here. It's, it's all a, around it's us. It's an analogy for our bang fam. That's what they say yeah. to us every week. I just forget where I am when I'm listening to you. Um, I, I wanted to play some Sade to slip into something more comfortable, mm. which is what I'm banging on about this week, a book called Silk, which is actually, you might remember, last year when we did our Bang On Live event in mm. Sydney, Janine, our favourite bang backer, until two weeks' time when we bang back again. Yeah. But at the moment, Janine is top dog, uh, gifted us. She came to our live event and she gave both of us this book because this year she is reading nothing but books that have been adapted for film. Mm. And Silk is a book that was written in 1996 by an Italian author. It was actually translated a couple of times, but most recently translated by the same woman who does all the Elena Ferrante translations. So really good translator. Uh, it was a film in 2007, a very shit film, 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a good one. Starred your favourite, Kira Knightley. I love her. Um, but I read the book and I'm never going to see the film. And it's a really quick read. It's like literally I read half of it on the plane today, like the, the Sydney to Melbourne plane today. And what's it about? It's an erotic book. Ooh, hot. I love reading erotic <laughs> novels on the plane. So do I. Oh, it's the worst. You get to the page and you go, oh, gosh. I've got a secret. And then and then, <laughs> and you're trying to hold the page because you can see that there's rude words on there and someone next to you is looking over your shoulder and just know that they're saying it going, you are a filth bag. <laughs> It's like watching Game of Thrones on a plane. Oh, oh no, sex scene. No, but it's um, it's a it's an erotic read, but set in the eighteen sixties. This French guy who is in the military decides that it's not what he wants to do, and he becomes a silkworm merchant. Mm. Um, there's a big some sort of 
the silkworms are dying throughout Europe and so they have to find silkworms somewhere else and they decide to go into Japan, which at the time is not a place where outsiders go um, and it's 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 considered like the end of the world and an unknown and a dangerous place. Yeah. Dangerous in the terms of just people don't know what happens there because yeah. they've never been. So he goes there and he sees um, a woman who is the sort of concubine or the partner. It's it's not really clear what she is of the the guy the main guy in this town this very powerful rich fella called Harike who is the head of the town and they just get have, to the sex had this moment get to the sex it's, there's, <laughs> there's never any consummation it's never consummated and isn't that the most erotic thing of all it's just disappointing isn't it it's intense was it good though, though? was it good it's I trust I trust Janine. It's yeah, and that's so do I, which is why I read it. Thank you, Janine, for giving it to us. It was so sweet of you to give me an erotic read <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> Maybe she was like, "You need this love." <laughs> it was. What was your quote last week? Yeah. You need someone to come and watch out your cupboard. I just need a man who knows what he's doing to get into my closet. <laughs> um, she. Um, it, it's it's beautifully written, and it's about. I think that there's there's something about the the withholding and the moments between when you're so used to just seeing people just go at it and slam against the wall, have sex, consummate things straight away. There's something about the moments in between and outside of that, that longing mm. that you this writer just writes so beautifully. Um yeah, so it's it's good. And if you really wanna if you want A, an erotic read mm. Or B, a book that you can pretty much read like in an hour and a half, I reckon, two hours max. So it's like Fifty Shades without being Fifty Shades. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to feel a bit wrong about I'll never it. read Fifty Shades. Go on. I love how you're painting me now as this fan of like erotic fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the hell? But if you do have any tips, I think it's yeah. a new avenue that I want to go down on. Just like, oh, go down on. Oh. I mean, I'm going to go down the avenue. Boom, Tish. Oh. Boom, Tish. Sorry, Bang Fam. What are you banging on about this week? Oh, pure joy. There's a new show on Netflix and it's the anti-Great British Bake Off. It's an American show and it is blowing up all over the internet. Everyone's falling over themselves to watch this and I understand why because I watched it this morning. It's called Nailed It, right? And it's an anti-Bake Off. It's inspired by those cake fails online, which sounds a bit crappy to me to be honest but watching three amateur bakers who like wine more than cooking and seriously cannot make these things that are presented to them from you know amazing cake makers from New York City like one of the judges is um, a legendary you know 80 year old cake maker who is also herself hilarious and the outcomes on this show are terrible without (laughs) fail but you are so rooting for them to make it right and do it and they use the worst things to put it together and it's actually like watching what you would be like in the kitchen trying to do this and I loved it it made me so happy in my heart so good and I laughed out loud as I was watching it on the train this morning I was sniggering because they're so shit Look, here's some audio from the show. In this clip, Tony has attempted to make a Rapunzel cake and there's a princess sitting atop that cake. And this is where the cake the disaster is revealed. Nailed it. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but your princess is terrifying. She is so scary looking. And I don't think anybody's coming to rescue her. <laughs> Oh no, and then your dragon got decapitated. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this cake so much. The princess is a little bit scary, the eyes. 
You have those big eyes, you just wake up. What voice do you think your princess has? <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> you need to kill that dragon off with his head. <laughs> the voice matches her face. <laughs> if you stare in her eyes, you'll get, you nope. know, you could. <laughs> no, thank you. I won't do it. Okay. Oh, it's so good. It's just, it's actually a really, like, simple concept. And I thought it wouldn't work because, you know, Cake Fuzzy, oh, yeah, that's funny, but that was about five years ago on the internet. But it, you just laugh and laugh and laugh and you so can't good. help yourself. And they still win 10000 bucks, which oh is great. Oh, my God. So they being, win for the for worst? Really crap. No, for being the best of the worst. Okay. <laughs> so it's still something they can strive for. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh my I love God. it. Amazing. Yeah, get, get on in for some, you know, like warm, comfy blanket TV viewing that just makes you feel happy and, and puts love in your heart. Watch that. I need that. And I also, that. too, you know, standards. I'm so sick of everyone being so good at everything. It's like, oh, finally, this is me represented. <laughs> Let's be what you can see. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Representation on TV, me for her style. Just slap it on there. It's I great. love it. Will you make me a cake next week because it's my birthday and when we do bang on next week? Yeah. I'm turning 75. It's a 75. big one. <laughs> oh, I thought I was going to say happy 21st. <laughs> and I'm going the other way. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I haven't had any work though. No, fresh as a daisy. <laughs> Cake next week for your... Bang B-Day? Bang B-Day. Bang B-Day. It sounds, oh, sounds like a B-Day. I wouldn't mind if someone gave me a B-Day for my I birthday. I wouldn't mind a B-Day either. I think they're very functional. I'll put that on my birthday wish list for you. <laughs> Can you get one of those, Um, you know, when people have weddings and what do they call them, those lists? The registry. Registry. Get, I was actually thinking about putting a, a registry, registry just to take the piss and get see if they want registry and pop a, a B-Day what on a there. Bo- what a ball of move to get invited to someone's party, birthday party, and there's a registry. I'm so idea. desperate to do it to see if anyone took the bait. I love this idea. No, it's genius. Just a wishing well. <laughs> for, my birthday for my next holiday. For my next holiday. <laughs> for my house. It's my birthday. Can you buy me a house? Can you help me out with a mortgage? Okay. <sighs> I'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs> Hang on. This is no ordinary, ordinary love. No ordinary love. Double J.